Wise Turtle Speaks is a series of offerings merging philosophy, physics, math, biology, psychology, sociology, education, art, politics, and even love together. We will explore the patterns of our consciousness as it moves through space and time and use those patterns to better understand and solve our problems in all four dimensions of the universe. Namaste! There's something about edges. Edges are where the magic happens. By magic, I mean real magic. I mean the stuff that you might not understand, but really happens. That kind of magic. The edges. We don't hear a lot about edges in our world. Um, but when you think about it, Edges are literally describing the difference between one thing and another thing. The membrane between the inside and the outside, the now and the then, the past and the future, the fantasy and reality. You know, it's that, that borderline, which is what sort of contains everything that is and it's also where change happens it is the it is the difference the change the variation the line that gets drawn in the sand between what was and what could be or what is and what isn't and all of that so edges are what really excite me. I walked down to the water the other day. Um, I happened to be luxuriously <laughs> living right near the ocean. Um, short, maybe 10-15 minute walk away. It would be faster if I was taller, but I'm short and I walk slowly. And so I walked down there and and I wanted to record myself there because it's meaningful to me. I don't really spend a ton of time down there, but it's important to me that it exists, that it exists because it defines sort of who I am or reminds me of who I am and what I want to do because it is the edge, the, the beach is the edge of not just the land and the sky, but the sea and the air and everything. It is, it is all of the edges that exist on our planet between the, the sun and the wind and the water, ocean and the land and the rocks. And if you're very, very lucky, you might have some sand, some beautiful sand. I am not so lucky. There's not much sand here. Uh, the, yes, the edges of all of these things come together at the beach. And I think that's something that inspires us humans. Um, when you see the, the little evolutionary drawing, the classic drawing of um, you know, a fish climbing out of water and then evolving into a human, um, you know, where does it start? It starts that the, the edge is between the, the sea and the land where we came out of the sea and started breathing air instead of water, 
well, I mean, we were still breathing oxygen, but we started being able to take in air instead of water to get our oxygen and having lungs instead of gills and so on and so forth. So that edge is really both mysterious and crucial to understanding what it means to be alive. Um, even that term, alive, we have this idea of the edge between life and not life. Um, they're actually sort of two edges. There's inanimate object, you know, non-living, never living, simple matter. And then there is living matter, organism, whatever you want to call it. And then beyond that is death, the organism that has lived, but it is no longer living. Um, and so there are two edges to life, um, if not more. But these edges, I think it's, it's important to focus on because this is where creativity happens. And I've been suddenly very immersed in a creative uh, community that I hadn't been in very often. I hadn't really been in it much since I graduated college, you know, a couple of decades ago. But um, so I've been in, immersed in this creative community, a very artistic community, um, but not just drawing illustration art, sort of a, a more diverse range of creativity, of media. And it, it made me realize that, um, that these edges, paying attention to the edges, the boundaries, the borders, the, the lines between things, contain things are so crucial to helping us express ourselves because in understanding who we are we draw a line around ourselves we find that membrane between what is us and what is not us and that membrane is ever changing and varying and wiggling around and encompassing more than us and less than us at other times, expanding and contracting. But paying attention to where that edge is, where that boundary is, um, helps us really feel more comfortable with our world because, you know, people always talk about, and it drives me nuts, um, people in sort of pop psychology talk about drawing boundaries and, and enforcing boundaries. And it's almost always a negative approach, as far as I've seen. It's almost always saying, uh, telling other people what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do and infringing upon other people's boundaries in reality, um, rather than, you know, they say it's drawing my own boundaries, but it, you're not, you're actually, you know, and the way it's been used is, is often a harmful way and sort of working against reality and saying, no, you know, you don't. You're not allowed to be free. I'm only me is allowed to be free, but you're not allowed to be free. Um, so that that term boundaries always sets me on edge. I guess pun intended, um, annoyingly intended, but the idea of a boundary in a more uh, open-ended sense of you know what do I feel like? What am I? What am I thinking? How am I containing myself? Where, where do I want to be? Where do I not want to be? Who is me? Who is not me? 
How much do I include in myself? And in contracting, which I think is something that we're, we're going through right now in this stage of society, our culture and our, our sort of technology, um, political sphere of things, larger community, is going through a contraction point where all of the individual communities around the world, all the, the ethnocentric and nationalistic and cultural sort of groups are looking to redefine themselves, to recenter themselves and to understand themselves better as who they are, um, as opposed to, you know, where they had been going and there had been so much mixing up of things, which is wonderful, of course, um, when cultures combine and, you know, discover new things and learn about one another and that's that's fantastic but sometimes they also have to contract and recenter themselves and recalibrate and say okay no this we need to say who we are we need to know ourselves we need to be confident in ourselves and love ourselves and then we can go back again and and mix it up and you know dance around with different partners um but yes, this contraction is happening right now. So this, we're going to be looking at the boundaries between um, who we are and who we're not and what we want and what we don't want. And But focusing not on others, not on what we want others to be and what we want others not to be, but what we ourselves want to be, what we want to do, who we are, you know, how we got here and where we want to go. Um, and finding that boundary between who we aren't and who we are and where we want to go and where we don't want to go, I think will be really, really helpful to us as we move forward, um, both on personal levels and on public levels. And as I've said in the past couple of podcasts that, you know, a lot of that is going to be about telling stories. And my own speaking up process um, is a way to encourage that sort of storytelling in a bunch of different ways. I've actually, um, I've written three different, well, I've written a bunch of different forms, but in my most revised version, I've got three different forms. One that has to do with telling the stories of our past and sort of redefining who we are, recentering in a, in a fairly, um, uh, psychological, I guess, way, in, a, in an emotional way, um, sort of on that level of interpersonal level of who we are in relation to our immediate environment. I've then got a, a more meditative version of it, which allows you to simply be more present in the moment, in the now. So there's a past version, there's a present version, and then I've also got a future version, which is more of the scientific approach to problem solving and using that as a better way to go about doing science than um, than some other you know sort of more traditional ways that we've been using which you know isn't bad but this is a, a way to refine the question uh, as well as the you know the current reality and then aiming towards a goal, which 
in science has not always been clear. A lot of times people, people seem to think that uh, science is supposed to be blind, um, but of course it's not because we're all alive, we all have goals, and those goals seep into the science. And if we're not acknowledging those goals, then the science get messed up. So my process helps acknowledge those goals and use reality to understand how to get to those goals. And I think that makes for a far more effective form of science than some of the other forms that I've seen, in especially academic science. Um, actually, our, our, the, the, old, the old, old-fashioned form of science was more of what I was talking about, which was people actually had goals and they say, you know, we want to make X, we want to be able to do X. And how do we do that with the materials and reality, you know, the laws and physics and stuff that exists, you know, how do we get from where we are to some goal? And that actually, that's actually where innovation happened um, far more successfully, I think, than these days. Uh, engineering these days is far better, doing far more useful science than a lot of the, quote, pure science, I think. Um, but anyway, so I have these three versions of the speaking up process. And if, and if you want to contact me, of course, you can always contact me at my email at thewiseturtle at gmail.com. Um, and if, if you want to get those, because I've only published one of them. Um, I've only published the, the past sort of psychological, emotional version of it. Um, and I'll link to that also. Um, but you can also look for the speaking up process, uh, probably do a search for it. And it's on um, Reddit. Actually, that's probably the newest form of it is on Reddit right now. Um, it gets updated periodically. Um, but you can always contact me and get the most updated versions of any of them. Contact me via email or, or Reddit or wherever, um, the blog. Um, so yes, yeah, so I have these three things and, and they help us define our boundaries. They help us define what's, what, what contains us, what's inside our edges. And then that helps us to see where we want to go. And those are new kinds of edges. Those are changes. And um, that's where I think creativity happens because once we define ourselves, then we can look out at the, re the, the rest of reality, our environment, and all the other individuals around us, all the persons, places, and things around us. And then we can sort of help define those things. And the boundary between us and everything else can help us be more creative. Um, as I said, I've, I've been getting involved in this creative community. Um, and I'll post a link to that in some form um, on my blog uh, in this post, blog post. And um, it's really, really come to my attention that these, these edges um, are where creativity happens. And that makes sense as far as looking at my, my general process of the, the two forms of contraction and expansion and Pascal's triangle and that whole thing that I talk about ad nauseum. Um, but those are the two processes, the two things that happen, this division, um, which is expansion, you know, the, the, the single thing, the single pattern that exists of something splits into two and then the edges 
so it forms two things so there are edges between those two things and then they recombine they found they they go somewhere else and they find the edges of their neighbors and those neighbors recombine are combined to form something entirely new um you can see this in my little diagrams of pascal's triangle and you can you can see how the things split up and then recombine um and that this these edges where things that were never combined before or were never combined before the way they are um these these new little entities that get split up and then they 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 form a new edge and that edge between what you know two different things combining is what creativity is this is the creation of entirely novel things in the world and i think artists anyone who's an artist in any form i mean most all humans are artists in some way you know even you know of course as little children i mean almost all little children you know create stuff with you know paint and markers and crayons and play-doh and legos and blocks and whatever mud <laughs> and uh, sticks and rocks and sand whatever material is at hand physically literally whatever material you put in their hands they'll make something with um, so we're all artists in some sense we all express some more non-verbal uh, and even using verbal sometimes when we, we sing and we use words and make poetry and tell stories um, but the the general expressive creative form um, of being an artist is just nonverbal. It's very, it's 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 expressing what it is like to be you. In a, in whatever medium happens to be in front of you, that's what art is. And so, in a sense, we're all artists, all social animals, all emotional animals, beings. Um, doesn't even have to be an animal. Um, are artists whenever they express themselves in that way and that you know here's a medium you take it and you say this is what it's like to be me this is what my experience has been like um, and of course it's all metaphorical because there's that word like in there it's like something so we can never fully express you know our, our physical Im our physical experience is is internal to ourselves there's that pattern of senses that comes into us that makes us feel like we do there's there's no way to 100% copy that out in the world so what we do is we we find a something that represents that experience and that's art um, and it doesn't matter what medium we're using it's still the same expressiveness you know, no one, no one really believes that my love is like a red, red rose. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> we know it's not a rose. We know there's not a rose sitting inside, you know, your body um, when you say that. But we understand that there's something in the rose that is like the love. You know, it is, it is deep. That is a deep, dark color, that red, that red, 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 you know, is, is robust and, and vibrant. And it's also delicate. 
So, you know, and I mean, there's so many different metaphors we can use. And, and of course, when an artist expresses themselves, when we, when we use a medium to say something about our experience, how it gets interpreted is another edge, of course, um, another boundary, because it's crossing the boundary, this idea of what the experience is like of a red, red rose. Um, to me, in the context that I'm using it when I say that, is going to be different, is going to be experienced differently inside another human being, or whatever, inside another individual, because they're going to interpret it in a different way. So that is why art is so subjective, um, but also being somewhat universal. And the more the more universal the symbols we use, the more mainstream the art will be, um, which is why, you know, so many love songs exist out there. Um, and so much, uh, so many action adventure movies exist. You know, they're, they're fairly universally relatable. You know, we're getting, the artist expressing that is getting, it's being, the art that is being expressed is being received in a similar way that it's being expressed, if that makes any sense. The output is similar enough to the input um, that it is fairly universally popular and understandable and relatable. Um, but the more interesting stuff, of course, is hard to grasp, which is why poetry, for example, is often so either misunderstood or mis or just not liked people just aren't comfortable with it because it, it does come from a, a more unique perspective and thus um, it's not as universal. If you can get into it, if there's a poem that speaks in the language that you speak, if it's experience, an experience that you can relate to in your own life, then that poem is going to resonate with you. But if it's not, it doesn't. And that's to be expected. Um, the more the more unique the experience and the more unique the medium and the more unique the symbolism, the, you know, metaphor, the less popular and the less understandable and relatable the art will be. That doesn't mean it's bad. That just, in fact, some of the best art, I would say, is the stuff that only appeals to, you know, a, a handful of people because it reaches someone in a way that they, they're not normally reached. Um, so the, uh, what do they call it? The long tail, you know, there's, there's so much eccentric stuff out there that someone somewhere is going to appreciate because their experience of life, you know, gets touched in a way that wouldn't normally be touched. So, um, you know, I showed, I bought a piece of art recently. Um, and uh, I don't normally do that. I, I normally think art should be free. Um, the best art is, well, the best things in life are free. Everything should be free. Um, and I'm going to get into that whole money thing in another, another discussion. But for the New Year's discussion, I thought I'd do something a little more fun. Uh, such as creativity and these edges, especially since this is the edge between the old year and the new year. And, um, but anyway, I, I got this piece of artwork and I don't even absolutely love it, but I 
watched the making of it and there was so much love going into it so much joy and delight and experimentation going into the making of this piece of art that I was just I was just blown away I was just overwhelmed and um, and it, it it spoke to me in a different way than the than you know the making the process of making of it spoke to me in a way that was so profoundly important to me at the time and you know and in general but um, but when I show the piece of art to other people you know they're not getting that same experience and so they're looking at just superficially they're looking at literally what the marks are on the piece of paper what the designs are and well the designs are very interesting you know they they they're not expressing the same thing as the performance of making that piece of art so it wasn't just a physical piece of art it was a performance piece for me it was a it was a whole experience um, of expression that happened over uh, many many hours uh, actually over a couple of days I believe and so that's a very different experience than someone just looking at the at the physical you know image that was resulting um, the resulting image is a very different thing and so I can't you know, I can't expect someone else to see what I see when I look at it, because when I look at it, I see this, I, I get this much bigger experience, a more, you know, multi-dimensional experience than just looking at the, the image. Um, but even so, even if it was just the image, different people are going to get a different experience. And um, that's okay. That's to be expected. We each have to find our own little you know joys in life um, but what I wanted to say about the whole creative force here is that um, when we bring together two entirely different things two new things that have never been together that's what creates art that's what the creative force is when you take something from pile A and something from pile B and then mash them up together you get something entirely new and that's what art is there's nothing fancier to it than that um, I love a saying that uh, that my new buddy here the person who made this piece of art um, says periodically uh, to help inspire other people or Un uninspire people who've been uninspired um, he talks about just enjoying making something that's never existed before and that is evolution right that is literally the process of entropy of making something new and what you make isn't necessarily going to be fantastic. It isn't necessarily going to fit into the world in this perfect way. It isn't going to last for a long time necessarily. It isn't going to be the best thing ever. But it will be something new. And the more you do it, the more th new things that get created, the more art we make at all levels. But the more we express something by using, by combining things between these edges, you know, we we dissolve the edge between something where there has been a boundary and we let those two things congeal into something new into a whole 
then we get the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. We get evolution, we get entropy, we get novelty, we get art, we get creativity. When we take those edges and bring them together, we create a new edge around the whole previous thing. The two old things become one and there's a single new edge. And we love that new thing. We can cherish it, not necessary, not, not for what it can do and what it, how it fits in, but for the fact that it now exists, that we have suddenly created something new. We have actually contributed to the progress of life as it continues to look for diversity, more diversity and expanding into the universe. So, uh, looking at those edges, look at the edges around you. This is why, <laughs> this is why artists are notoriously messy. Not all artists. Some artists are, are very different, but most tend to be extremely messy or at least love looking at natural messy spaces, um, and, and details and finding all of these edges and they inspire us you know the texture of a leaf or the um the sort of swirling of clouds um, or water they fascinate artists because they're looking at all the edges and seeing how those edges relate to one another and seeing all the different patterns that those edges make and getting inspired by them I mean, not all messes are inspiring, of course, and occasionally, periodically, we artists clean things up and sort of reorganize things, and that helps us as well, but, uh, but a letting things be more natural and falling where they are and looking at that and observing how the patterns that are created can, you know, can change our world. Uh, so we look at those edges between this thing and that thing and that thing and another thing in the past and the future and uh, finding ways to use those edges, finding ways to uh, make new edges and take the things that used to have an edge and erase that edge, let that edge melt away and bring different things together to see what happens because creating something new is what we're made to do. So happy new year to all of you and I wish you much creativity and expressing of yourself in this new year and uh, if you do want to contact me as I, as I said the email is thewiseturtle at gmail.com you can also find me on Reddit at, uh, my username is Turl, T-U-R-I-L, that's my real name, there. And um, so if you go to reddit.com slash user slash Turl, T-U-R-I-L, you can find everything I post there. And I've got a community on there on Reddit for discussing just open-ended sort of questions about life, the universe, and everything. Uh, that community is called The Examined Life just like Socrates indicated, uh, the examined life is one worth living. And uh, so I, I hope I can inspire all of us to have a life worth living there. 
Uh, it's a little quiet right now, but it can always pick up, especially if you join in. Ask whatever you are curious about or answer some questions that other people are curious about. I'm also starting a Twitch stream, I believe. I've put up a little introductory video there so you can sort of see a little bit of me. And um, if you follow me there, it will let you know when I stream live. It won't give you any warning. It'll just tell you, oh, she's streaming right now. But if you want some warning, contact me. Um, I'll probably be posting it on in a couple of places, maybe on Facebook and Twitter and Reddit in my Holistic Enchilada community. If you also go there, that's where I post a lot of my own stuff. Uh, that's reddit.com slash r slash Holistic Enchilada. And a Holistic is spelled with a W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. Um, but if you go to the uh, my username, user Turl, um, you can usually, you can find on the right hand side, um, there's a list of all the communities on Moderate and all of them are there. So you can find that. Um, so I'll be posting it wherever, so if you, um, ahead of time, I'll, I'll let people know ahead of time. Um, like hopefully a day before, I'm thinking about doing it on Sundays. Sunday afternoons, that way I think I get the most chance of people being around um, and not stuck someplace. So maybe Sunday mornings, maybe Sunday nights. Sunday nights actually sound kind of good, um, but we'll see. Um, let me know if you have a preference for a time period uh, or day or whatever. Um, so yes, um, please you contact me. I love getting feedback and I love hearing from you all. And I also love you when you are just lurking. <laughs> Hi, lurkers. Um, so anyway, I will leave you with that creativity thought and paying attention to the edges between things and seeing if maybe you can erase an edge to make something new and be creative and express yourself. Okay. Namaste.